what's up and welcome back to Nostalgia Pod, another rankings episode coming at you. Pat Chan, of course, joined by Dave Martin Swagger. Dave, we're talking J. Cole today. How you feeling? Feeling good. New album, The Fall Off. Wait, no, The Off Season. The Off Season. The Off New season. album coming out end of this week. So what better time to discuss J. Cole's previous five studio albums a lot to get through he's had a long career already yeah you know it's it's interesting because i think when when you think of j cole right uh and like you said he's had a long career you think I, he has a lot of music out you know obviously has been tapped as like the the next coming in, uh, in the rap world for quite a while but really we're only ranking five albums today and that's i think that's a testament to um, you know, a different time, him coming up in a different time when mixtapes were a little bit more regarded as like real projects as like a predecessor to like that first album. Whereas now, you know, Chance the Rapper puts out an album and then two years later, he's like, oh no, actually that's not yeah. an album. Even though it went platinum and charted and everybody loved it. Uh, no, uh, now I'm releasing my first album, The Big Day. So it's a little, he comes from a different time to today's um rap standards but those those first mixtapes really you know brought him on the scene yeah and they're actual mixtapes in the sense that you cannot listen to them on streaming services you'd have to find them on youtube or soundcloud or if you got lucky download them off dat piff back in the day they are very much uh that's just you know how mixtapes used to be Mm -hmm. um and nowadays it makes no sense to put out music that's not available (laughs) on all the streaming services for monetization purposes. So yeah, J. Cole, he had those first uh, three tapes from what was it? Uh, oh, oh, seven to oh, nine. The come up, the warm up and Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights was 2010. And, you know, by the time that second tape rolled around, he had become the first artist signed to Rock Nation by Jay-Z. Definitely a big, uh, big deal, obviously, considering how many artists Rock Nation has continued to sign and manage since then, but also just the expectations that are labeled levied on a guy. You know, J. Cole is from North Carolina, but especially in those early days, he was definitely repping uh, repping Queens. And you can understand how Jay-Z kind of took a liking to him. And I think a lot of people forget this, but J. Cole's featured on the Blueprint 3, the Jay-Z come, yeah. uh, second comeback album, right? Um, yeah. It's not the best feature song. Was it... Um, Mr. Nice Watch, no, A Star Is Born. Yeah, A Star, Star Is Born. Born. Yeah, and it's it, it's a whatever song, but it's like kind of funny to think about that because like J Cole from two thousand nine is this feels so far away at this point. Yeah, it's crazy. He what he's featured on that the, the Blueprint three, you know, on that A Star Is Born song, which it feels a bit like an, an anointing. Then mm-hmm. he's a XXL freshman just the next year, twenty ten. Right, and then. Uh, what the next year is when the first album comes out cold world sideline yeah. story i mean 2011 correct uh and like you said he had uh friday night lights also drop in 2010 you know a very popular mixtape um you know I, I think some of our friends still ride for that album and, and i think certainly it was something that we were listening to in college quite a bit yeah it's pr- on the short list of albums that have not been put on streaming yet that are like there's a strong appetite for that to happen there's no doubt about that and you know um as far as like the big songs on it i actually gravitate towards the other two mixtapes just because like 
uh, on uh, the warm-up Lights Please ends up being placed on uh, uh, Cold World, the album. Yep. And like the Simba series earlier on, it's like, I know people really love Friday Night Lights and like hold it up as like some, some people, it's his best work ever. And it's like, I don't know if it's like that great, but it definitely like uh, is a nice hallmark of early Cole. And I would say better than the first album, Cole World, which um, mm-hmm. came with some commercial concessions. Because again, we're operating at a different time when you're part of the label system. And being a com- commercial, putting out a commercial album had different expectations and uh, requirements, uh, you know, for success than a mixtape did. Now again, it's all the same, but you—it's kind of funny to look back on him like compromising, you know, certain sense. Not even really did anything too crazy, but like he comp- compromised his sound a little bit for that debut major label album. Versus, yeah. versus the mixtapes, which were the last two were still on the rock, but like those mixtapes seem more in line of what he was like at that time it's kind of funny to think about yeah it's it's interesting too because as you listen to like the rest the rest of his discography i think second album born sinner is a little bit still in that lane of like he's trying to find a hit he's trying to really like get that radio attention pretty much from uh what forest hills on J. Cole is like, this is who I am as an artist and really seems to find what he feels comfortable in, the stories he wants to talk about and tell. Um, and it, it really does stand out as just like an album that feels like uh, like the producers and obviously the, the record company had their fingerprints all over it, probably pressuring him a little bit more. And I, I, he had a lot of pressure on him. I mean, being a, a called the next Nas uh, <laughs> from, you know, a, a pretty young age and a young time in his career it's a lot of pressure and i i think the comparisons are you know it makes sense why people would put them together great storytellers you know bar for bar potentially the best like lyricist in the rap game um i I don't know if he's nas i think he's j cole um but i think there's i think the dna is definitely similar what do you think yeah i mean I, i guess i get it um I always thought the lyricism of the early stuff was a little overrated. And that was kind of the genesis of J. Cole stands being an annoying force on the internet. <laughs> People really love J. Cole, especially the early stuff. We have platinum many... no features, bro. <laughs> and we're talking years before that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and, and I, I like J. Cole plenty too. But it was always kind of annoying to see like these people always trying to anoint him and say, you know, he's the best. He's the best one. And it's like you look at the body of work and there's, there's a lot of highlights here, too. But it's like, like lyrically, he's good. And maybe it's just because most rap, there's really no other rapper of his stature attempting to make this kind of music outside of Kendrick. And mm-hmm. when once Cole had ascended to this, he had few peers, I guess, in that regard. But the early days when he was not anywhere close to the top. I don't know how special it was, you know. Of course, all the Cole stands would really, really disagree. <laughs> yeah, no, it, I think when <laughs> it's actually funny because on Born Sinner is when he has the song Let Nas Down. But what Forest Hills is really when I think you start to see that Nas DNA, you know, where he that whole album, which I think we'll, you know, go into a little bit more in a second, um, is really when he, I think, finds who he wants to be, how he wants to be approaching making albums. And it's so cohesive and it 
all makes so much sense and the storytelling on it is so much more in depth than even things that you got on Born Sinner. It just feels like if at that point people were making that comparison, it would make sense. But I think up to that point, it wasn't really an earned uh, comparison. But again, I think people are always kind of looking for that. Who's the next whatever? And yeah, seemed to be the lane he was in. Yeah, I mean, then eventually, you know, probably by the time in between Born Center and 2014, I guess around that time, it, it just came conventional wisdom that Drake, Kendrick, and Cole, that's your top right now in terms of the rappers that have had come a range of age around the turn of the decade and ascended towards the top, you know, putting to the side all like the legacy people like Jay-Z, Kanye, Eminem, Lil Wayne, all that. You know, you had Drake, Cole, and Kendrick all doing slightly different things and all finding uh, great success. And I think Cole is actually, funny enough, he's the least commercial of the group. You'll be surprised to look, but like Kendrick really dominated with those album sales towards the end there. And it's mm-hmm. funny because I remember like you watch all these like like videos with like athletes and stuff, and it's like Drake, Kendrick, Cole, gotta cut one. Who you cutting? And I feel like they always say Kendrick, but yet Kendrick has a lot of commercial like credits to the, at the end yeah. of the day. Like he is still a very popular artist, and it's always kind of funny because I always thought like they used to put Cole as a like, Cole's in between Kendrick and Drake, right? He's like he's he's still very very lyrical, but also has commercial appeal too. And it's like how no, they really all have commercial appeal, um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I still view Cole that way at towards the top. You know, I feel like there hasn't been like an Atlanta artist or a West Coast artist to truly get to that level. You know, you have people at like the 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 next step down, right? Like like Tyler and Chance for a while and Thug or something. But like, I feel like Cole has just really just been at that top perch for for years at this point. And you know, we'll see how the off season does commercially. But he's just kind of you know certified made man at this point yeah it's pretty crazy because um you know even talking about the commercialness of it all i mean he has every album he's put out has gone number one um on the u.s charts um yeah and you know even as far back as forest hills he was starting to go um like top 10 internationally and now every album but so even for your eyes only which is i'll say is in the back half of the five for me um that went number one abroad as well and uh, that was his biggest first week in the states by a wide margin almost five hundred thousand. um and born sinner i think is actually important to know because that did not go number one its first week that was obviously a very important influential day coming out the same day as connie west jesus and mac Mm -hmm. miller's watching movies but born sinner a few weeks later took the number one spot from Kanye funny enough and but yeah I mean you have to figure like you know the the, the off season it's gonna do well the, the lead track interlude was streamed heavily despite literally being named interlude you know like, yeah th- th- there's so much attention on J. Cole still at uh in his, he's approaching his late 30s he's a uh he's definitely I think settled in as like I don't know if we can call him an elder statesman but it just mm-hmm. kind of he has this very specific lane that I don't even know if a lot of rappers even try to really imitate, you know, like he really is kind of just seen as that like storyteller, um, at least in my book, who just like probably has some of the best bars in the game. And he's an introspective guy. He tries to, you know, tell the stories of other people um, on his records. It's 
interesting because uh, you mentioned Kanye before, and I wonder. I think one of the criticisms is that um, you know Kanye Kanye hasn't really been introspective until maybe some of the stuff we heard on Kids See Ghosts mm-hmm. since My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Like it's mm-hmm. it's been a while, but J Cole almost is like introspective. I think sometimes to a fault, where like he's trying to like get so deep with things that the music can feel really bogged down and heavy and the you know the the verses can just be a little bit like too weighty in a sense to really uh become commercial but i I give him credit because like i like we were saying before no one else is really doing the things he's doing yeah especially again this scale just how popular he really is so why don't we jump in you know um album by album we already kind of touched on cold world the sideline but um like we said it's a 2011 release a lot of hype leading up to this uh but you know kind of hit or miss uh, for me uh, i would say um there, there are a couple of tracks that i think are, are pretty good um you know like you mentioned lights please off the uh the mixtape obviously i think that that song's a great jam um but you know for me like hearing something like workout where you know you're basically taking like a kanye thing and like just putting j cole over it uh i really enjoy that um dollar in a dream I, I mean, I thought that was really good. And then like switching it up two thirds of the way through um, was a standout for me. What other tracks stood out to you? Yeah, I mean, it's funny because like this is the second collab with Jay-Z, Mr. Nice Watch. You get the first J. Cole Drake collab in the morning. Songs are fine. They're OK. But but Workout, I mean, Workout was the big hit off this big radio hit. I think it's the first J. Cole song I heard. I really can't remember exactly what it was i was not up on the tapes beforehand when they were coming out um but work work out um laid a blueprint for him on, on the next album but that that does probably the best like takeaway from this but this this album was pretty pretty panned honestly like mm-hmm. especially because it's not delivering on the hype and for people that were already really up on j cole they clearly saw it as lesser than the mixtapes um I think my favorite song on this workout aside would be the title track Cold World. I really like that hook. I think that's really catchy and listen, you know, listen back again. It still sounds really good, but otherwise, yeah, I mean, this is like, as far as like debuts go, it's, you know, pretty unremarkable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I, I think <laughs> as I was listening through, I think you can start to see pieces of things that, um, you know, he's going to take and really like build on, but we kind of mentioned how I think the pressure of making an album that was going to get a lot of radio play, um, that was going to, you know, sell a lot, sell a lot right away and kind of, uh, validate all the praise he was getting as a, you know, up and coming rapper was just too much for this to come out and be what he wanted it to be. But you know, he, he took a year off, comes back in 2013 with Born Sinner, um, which I think is a, a much better effort. Um, you know, I, I think you start to see him being a little bit more introspective on this album. I think you still see him trying to make that like really catchy song. But I think you also see him making some more like choice collaborations, which I think really lift some of the hot, the best moments on Born Sinner. Did, did you enjoy you know checking out Born, Born Center again, listening back to it? Yeah, I did. I did. I, I Born Born Center is funny because that's like an album that has a lot of fans online still to this day. 
And when people talk about J. Cole, like people would be like, nah, Born Sooner, that's the one. And I do have to agree. I think it's it still holds up really well and was such a step forward for J. Cole just in terms of making a project only two years later. And mm-hmm. just a fun time, of course, again, coming out alongside Max. Mac Miller taking several creative steps forward and, of course, Kanye going completely into left field and nailing it in the process. You know, it's a very exciting time to see those three artists all really make 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 changes to themselves at the same time but uh yeah so born center you have uh power trip with miguel yeah. which is the success the, the the sequel to workout for all intents and purposes another huge radio hit another really popular song it's effective it's really well really well done and i think believe that was my first experience with miguel um and but i mean I, there's so many cuts on born center i think it's uh rewarding one it's funny you on spotify now you'll see it just packaged with all those bonus tracks which i remember you had to go find at the time yeah uh songs like near times like 50 cent uh i I quite enjoy uh uh, dudes know the second to last one on the track interpolating uh notorious thugs by biggie just off the cuff as a bonus track right Uh, meanwhile the sinner itself is a biggie nod of course to lyrics from juicy so uh, this definitely is the first J. Cole album to me, including the mixtapes, that rewards repeat listening just because there's just, I think there's a lot of like really good keepers on it. I agree. And, you know, I think even the title track is pretty great. Um, you know, I really enjoy uh, the like uh, the track uh, Let Nas Down, which I mentioned before, which comes right before it as well. I think that those are probably like my favorite back to back, but even like Crooked Smile, like that that run of three songs with DLC, just a, a really choice collaboration um, that I think really lifts whole. And it's funny because, you, you know, you mentioned like the 50 Cent song and I mean, obviously 50 Cent, especially at that point, um, you know, it's starting to come down off his fame, but still a really high profile feature for Cole. It, probably the most high profile cute a feature he has on this is Kendrick and I kind of think that Forbidden Fruit song falls a little flat for me. <laughs> yeah. No. I looked through it and I'm like, how is that the one that fell flat out of all of these? I don't know. And it's funny because there's been the rumored Kendrick J. Cole collab album right. for years and years at this point. There's very little fruit of their creative friendship, you know, at this point. And funny enough you get Forbidden Fruit and it's like ah it's it, it's whatever as a song, yeah. honestly. But I mean, Crooked Smile, if you want to use TLC, still, please, please go ahead. It's a, it definitely <laughs> elevates the song there. And Let Nas Down, obviously that song sounds great. And it got the Nas remix himself where Nas was like, no, you didn't let Nas down, you let Nas proud. That was a huge moment. That, that of course, you had to find that on YouTube, that song. But uh, that, that really blew my mind when I first heard that. But in general, that the whole premise of not uh, Cole making let Nas down is really inward looking about what happened with Cole world of silence or why that album did not meet expectations what he did and you can tell born sinner he's evolving as an artist but he's also not making those concessions anymore and you know getting getting the getting the Nas like remix to it to super fun definitely I agree um you know so born sinner you know you start to see Nas I think really Coming into his own, uh, achieving the Nas the coming into his own. Nas, geez, yeah, wow, what a uh, what a slip. <laughs> That'd up be impressive. Yeah, <laughs> J-, J Cole coming into his own, um, really living up to the hype that uh, had been placed on him. 
And then obviously the next year we get 2014 uh, Forest Hills Drive, which I think is what everybody points to as like the like the album that really solidified Nah, uh, Nah, geez, I'm stuck. Uh, Cole as the artist that he is now, um, and really elevated him to like that upper echelon because you know the for all the memes about it this does this is an album that does go platinum there's no features this is just uh cole reflecting on um his time growing up in fayetteville north carolina um and talking about some of the experiences he went through um you know whether it's uh white dreams which touches on a very specific experience that he uh had growing up um or i think some of the the more pointed ones um like uh, like love yours or no role models things like that where he's yeah. reflecting a little bit more about like some of those inner struggles um definitely a good album did do you think this uh do you think this really is as good of an album as people kind of hold it up to be yeah so it's his best it's his biggest best-selling album at the time came with a lot of hype i remember i remember vividly when it came out it was um a few weeks before christmas 2014 so you're good like year and a half after born sinner and you know if I, I really do vividly remember listening to this a lot and i don't think it's a classic j cole does not have a classic album there's a lot of people that call this album a classic i think those people throw the word out a little too much um but i think it's a great album and it has duds on it. We can get to those in a second, but it, it's funny to look at this one too, because this is another point where like there is contention between J Cole fans, hardcore fans and, you know, more casual observers and critics over this album. The fans adore the shit out of this album. And then the other people are like, yeah, that was pretty good again, you know, but like there was kind of a disconnect there, but I think the highs on 2014 forest Hills drive still really land at the end of the day. You, this is the album with the most bangers he's ever made. And those bangers still hit. Seen a lot of these songs live. They're great. So yeah, uh, I still really love it. What would you say are those songs that are like the highs of this album for you? Hey, well, you mentioned No Role Models. No Role Models was a yeah. highlight, you know, seven years ago, six and a half years ago. It's approaching a billion streams on Spotify now. Holy shit. You know, like I did not mm-hmm. expect that. What dreams? Five hundred eighty million, like, but no role models, you know. The from the jump, you know, Martin Luther King would have been on Dreamville. It's like such a <laughs> boast, and yet you kind of believe it the way Cole. He's so confident in the way the song works and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's a great track, and the call and response of like the uh, one time from my LA sisters, one time from my LA hoes. It <laughs> works every single time when he performs yep. the song. You know. Um, tremendous really and then you just i mean wet dreams i love wet dreams some people think it's a little cheesy but you know him the way he's like only only cole could rap about yeah losing his virginity the very jingle song you know his girlfriend in that way and they get the the video it's all puppies and stuff he's like you know i think you know that later on before your eyes only he kind of tried to do this again and fold and close doesn't work nearly as much i think wet dreams is effective uh because like i think the the song still sounds good yeah if if you can get by the cheesiness um, but then you also have uh, Get Off My Dick, A Tale of Two Cities, Fire Squad. <laughs> you just got bangers and bangers on this. I think it so- starts off pretty strong with January 28th as well. 
um, Love Yours. He likes to perform that a lot, you know, in the mm-hmm. slow parts of a set these days. I think that one's effective. The dud, though, for me, which became a hit, funny enough, is Apparently. Not, like, mm-hmm. Apparently at all, but it was a successful song nonetheless. Yeah, and I, I think that kind of speaks to it, uh, why this album is held up. Uh, because even listening through, like, I think certainly there were tracks that stood up more, and you mentioned a lot of them, um, but... I don't think there's really like a bad track in the fact that even the tracks that we think are maybe, you know, not hitting as much are still doing numbers just speaks to, I think how Cole really found his footing here. And just, yeah. this is when he elevates his game. Um, yeah. 2014 forest Hills. Uh, not sure if I would call it a classic either, but I think if you're going through and picking one album from J Cole that you say might be on that level, it's definitely this one. Um, and then you mentioned, you know, he kind of follows up uh, two years later, exactly two years later. Uh, so uh, Forest Hills comes out December 9th, 2014. And then for your eyes only, December 9th, 2016. Dave, we, we I think we actually talked about this one. We First did. The audio only days. Go find that. SoundCloud.com slash NostalgiaPod. Yes, the first J. Club when we discussed. I don't think we liked I, it very much. We did not. Again, hotly <laughs> anticipated coming off. 2014, which was so rapturously received by his biggest fans, this did almost 500,000 first week. As we said, J. Cole at this time was a very well-established top-tier rapper. Mm-hmm. And yet, this is a huge disappointment. It has to be a huge disappointment to everyone. There are, there are defenders of the album. I don't think it's garbage or anything. But it's just such a letdown, such a come down off 2014. 2014, again, has all those hits, all those bangers. Even if you don't think it's like a 10 out of 10, has so many great moments. For your eyes only is where you first get late period, old head Cole rearing its ugly head a little bit, where like he, his new worst tendencies start to present themselves. Namely, not honestly being darker, but being like, mopier and just less fun to be around in this case listen to um and also he does a little more singing which is is not effective he's not drake when it comes to singing definitely less is more um and it's just a moment with few uh, album with few highlights i think there's one tremendous track on for your eyes only but overall it's a really forgettable album and again came with such disappointment when it came out yeah you know uh listening back through this and um, remembering when we talked about it, I think I just found this to be like a bit of a slog. Um, and you kind of mentioned, you know, you get a little darker, um, not as exciting. It's almost kind of like, uh, this is when Cole, like, like I mentioned at the beginning, sometimes he can be his own worst enemy in terms of his conceptualization of things. He obviously was going for something here um, where he was kind of putting himself in the, role of a drug dealer um from where he was growing up from Fayetteville growing up and uh (laughs) trying to like tell stories and and, uh you know create a sense of worldliness and and understanding for someone who might be in the position to be a drug dealer um but it's uh it just doesn't come across as very interesting and uh it almost feels like jake cole's like art album in some sense (laughs) um but I don't know if uh, if the art was very bright. It was kind of like dull in, in a lot of ways. So th- this felt like a slog. What was the song that, that you really liked, though? Neighbors. Hmm. Neighbors has that music video, which really hammers home the message of the song. 
like you said, Jacob's kind of playing a character on For Your Eyes Only. But in the case of Neighbors, he's actually speaking from real experience. The Neighbors literally thought he was selling dope and called the cops on his house when he wasn't home. And the music video is just his security camera footage. Obviously, that speaks to something J. Cole likes to talk about, namely, you know, race in America. And he's pretty good at that. And I think this is actually an excellent use of that because that song also is really fun to listen to. Like, it sounds good. It's the closest thing there is to a banger on this album and easily, you know, playable as a single. Um, And I think that's the, the most effective he is at, like, you know, this not exactly light subject matter that carries most of the album. And it just so happens to be because it's based on real experience. Yeah, that, that chorus, all the neighbors think I'm uh, selling dope. It's, coming, it's just such a catchy uh, chorus. Yeah, I, 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 I think that song probably is the best one, but I don't even know. The, the album's kind of a dud for me. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, listening so, back to Fold and Close, I liked it more <laughs> than I remembered. Like, we really it, clowned on that. It's super cheesy. It's super funny. But it sounds okay. Yeah, he yeah. wants to full close with you. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Sweet. Anyways. I, I like it more than some of the other, like, just dud, dull stuff, you know? Like, yeah. Like, there's definitely duller shit on the album. It's memorable. If, yeah. if nothing else, it's a memorable song. <laughs> um, yeah, so, like, you know, 16 months later, KOD comes out. Um, and again, Cole kind of going for uh, a concept here you know he's telling stories about how um drugs uh impact people in uh you know black communities growing up or especially in some of the communities that he was a part of um i think kod is is a nice return to form for cole because while i don't think this is uh the album with the highest highs, you know, we just kind of talked about that. I do think there's some songs on here that really stand out and the songs hit more than they missed for me on this. Um, I still think, you know, he's, he can get a little preachy at times. He can uh, kind of weigh things down with the storytelling, but overall I thought this was a pretty good uh, recovery. How did you feel about KOD? Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, and I remember liking it at the time solely for that reason. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, wow, this this makes you forget for your eyes only pretty quick. Still yeah. sounds like late period Cole. It makes sense that this is the music Cole makes now, but he's just making it in a better package now in terms of trying to have a, a deeper message and maybe ignoring the radio at this point. Totally get it. But it just he, he refocused, I think, his approach, you know, two years later. And it's not an album I revisit all that much just because again i think there's as much more accessible songs on born center in 2014 nevertheless uh i appreciate it and definitely anticipating you know the off season coming off this because again since then you've gotten middle child which ended up going on the dreamville third dreamville album but middle child i thought was actually the next step from for your eyes only to kod to the whatever's next because middle child is again he has a message on that song but that that song is still a radio banger and like Mm -hmm. i'm just like praying that he might have figured out how to do both at the same time you know but kod he's he's closer to that regard with songs like like atm right like atm typical like trap banger song but it's actually about him like playing on like materialism and stuff and like rap cliches and all that if you actually are listening to what he's saying but if not you can just listen to the song because it sounds good yeah so, no i agree yeah. and there, uh, there's a lot like 
I think, a lot of new jumping off points, I hope, off KOD. Yeah, I agree. Even the title track, I thought the uh, the course around that was just really catchy and really sticks with you. And like you said, you can either bog yourself down with some of these these lyrics and some of the storytelling, or you can kind of listen to these songs and just have a good time, which I think is when you're in, uh, when Jay Cole's really at his best, when he's making songs that can kind of play on both sides, depending on how you want to engage with the music. Um, before we kind of move on, our rankings is there any other cracks off of uh, kod that you wanted to shout out well in 1985 the last one's obviously quite uh notable i think that song sounds good and that's where him is like speaking to the new generation of rap and of course he uh got into like fake beef with little pump at one point off of that and stuff uh but it's actually i think most notable because it didn't you know, influence yb and corday uh to make old dudes really the first song anyone heard of him when it's like a really intelligent response to such preachiness from a young person and thus you're like huh this Cordae dude he might be might be pretty good sure enough he is pretty good but yeah i think 1985 and atm are probably the most listenable songs off this you mentioned kod and kevin's kevin's heart as well i think is a Hmm. pretty good storytelling yeah decent track we're not going to be ranking Revenge of the Dreamers 3, um, which is the Dreamville collaboration yeah. that came out in 2019. And I think they what remixed it or you know, they had a director's cut is what it is. Yeah, fall, just extra year. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's important that we do touch on Cole's production, you know, um, company Dreamville, um, because I, I think you mentioned or you kind of keep calling him like, like old phase or like the next phase mm. uh cole and he's not even 40 yet like this is no, 36 you know it, in the rap game that that can be when people are kind of moving into that second half of your career some people have the that next act um be a little bit better than others uh you know look at jay-z and eminem for example and we talked yeah. at length <laughs> about that on, on the page so uh check it out on youtube.com pod but I think what I really like about these albums is you can kind of just like click through and see the influence he has, the kind of artist that he's picking out um, to be on Dreamville. And I guess like just overall, what is your like opinion of him as a like curator of the next generation of rappers? Yeah, that that's funny. Cause if you listen to Dreamville, uh, the third Dreamville collab album, render the dreamers three, there's a lot of non-Dreamville artists on that, which really wasn't the case on the first two Dreamville records. And Cole, as you expect, is probably not super involved. Like I said, Middle Child, that's all he needed to contribute as far as I'm concerned, considering how great that song is. But the rest of Dreamville, I actually look at Dreamville as it's one of the, I think, most effective like rap collectives of the 2010s for the sole fact that it's still actually a rap collective that exists and is active mm. and has people making music look what happened to Maybach music group look look how good music is very good, yeah. much not a collective anymore odd feature of course we know what happened there asap mob not really the biggest thing unless we get in our cozy boy cozy tapes project like the rap collectives even you can even get more granular like hbk gang on the bay area for crying out loud like they just they don't stick around they, they don't last but dreamville actually has managed to last which is kind of funny because no one else has actually really become a star off it, right? Like Earth Gang, Boz, like they're not stars, but they're all carving out careers. 
So I think he's one of the better, uh, you know, label bosses, incubators of talent as far as this goes. Yeah, you know, I, I think there's really like maybe three artists that really stand out as like great Greenville artists that I'm, I think we're following. You know, you mentioned Earth King. I think we like them quite a bit, but I think Ari Lennox and, uh, and J.I.D. Jid are oh, of course. two that um, really stand out as like that next level uh, or that next um, step forward for Greenville. But I agree, you know, when we think about rap collectives, and I guess that we can't qualify them as simply a rap collective. The only other one that I think of that's still really active is 88 Rising. <laughs> you know, I feel like we get yeah. like something from them every like year at some point. We're like, oh, yeah, more, really more that. of a label, though, that happens yeah. to label group projects, though. It's exactly. Not the best definition, but yeah, that's yeah. the thing. You kind of have to stretch the definition at this point. Right. So, um, but yeah, no, I think that's a, I think that's a good call on Dreamville's a collective. So are you ready to rank now or any last thoughts? Yeah, man, let's, let's go for it. Um, we'll have What's to eventually five? return to this thought. You know, we'll, um, we'll, we'll share our initial thoughts on where the off season falls when we do that album review. Um, yeah. Caveats of, you know, recency aside. Check that out uh, sometime, I believe next week when this album is dropped. So What's your number five? I think in going through, we kind of know what the bottom two are for us, but what's your five? Yeah, so I found this whole ranking very easy. Honestly, like it really settled in pretty quick. Yeah. Um, I had my assumptions of where I would take things, and then after revisiting everything, I was pretty content with what I came up with. And I think uh, Cold World, The Silent Story is clearly the worst album. Yeah, and I... We, we kind of we went over it. Like, it's just... It, it, it's okay like there, there's a few highlights like workout of course but overall it's not like ambitious enough nor does it like really even hit hit that well to i think excite any camp right yeah no i i completely agree um it was my number five as well pretty easily um just because it, it also doesn't feel like a whole album very much you know it and looking back especially after listening to the whole discography you're just kind of like oh yeah this really feels like uh like label influence so um definitely my number five number four i had the same as you um for your eyes only we just kind of talked about it but it just overall i think this is where cole can um sometimes go too far into the storytelling um into trying to bring depth to the music and kind of lose his sight of what makes the music uh, fun to listen to yeah and I, I, the reason I have it above Silent Story is just because I think it, it has more ambition. It has more, it has better lyrics, even if most of the songs aren't that fun to be around when, besides Neighbors. It, it still, I think, was trying to bite off more than Sideline Story. So that's why it's four, not five. Totally agree. Um, we, have, we have the same list, so I'm just going to say that. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> KOD, I think, pretty easily the third best yeah. album. Again, uh, a return to form for Cole. Um, but still, I think sometimes gets a little bogged down with some of the issues with free eyes only tracks can be a little uh, too deep in terms of what he's trying to say, or, you know, maybe a little too much, but uh, definitely a much more fun listen than for your eyes only. Yep, definitely. Then you have uh born center and 2014 forest Hills as your two and one. Tell me why uh born center is number two for you. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, I was like, cause I, I kind of settled in on this and like, I was, thinking what everyone says on a lot of people say online it's like is born center the best one and i listen and i was like you know i like a lot of these songs 
But I don't like them as much as I like the 2014 songs. I'm sorry. <laughs> Can't do it. Yeah. Can't do it. I think Born Center is a really strong album. Yeah. Like we said, there's a lot of moments on it. It actually has, uh, I think, worthwhile bonus tracks mm-hmm. on top as well. And again, we think of it fondly for Cole demonstrating a huge leap off a disappointing debut album. But yet, it's the next album of 2014 where he really ascends once again commercially but also i think you know just these are just better songs i think especially like yeah. the highlights of 2014 versus the highlights of born center i'm just going to take the 2014 songs those songs hit more and he performs more of them live still which kind of i think lends itself to popular opinion people like that album just a little bit more yeah you know when, when you get in, into these lists and you have to kind of pick and choose you start to really like break it down to like, well, what what is it that really makes this album so much better? And I think for for me, when I think about J. Cole, especially like the the J. Cole as artist that we know now, who he is really starts to, you know, shine through on Forest Hills. And not only I think are the highs of that album a little bit higher than the ones of Born Center, but the album as a whole is just more uh it's it's just more of a cohesive project. Um you know, it has a vision, one clear vision, it, and it tell, I think it executes it almost flawlessly. Um, I definitely think Born Sinner is probably the best mix of like commercial pop sound um, that that Cole found. Uh, you know, kind of mixing with his style. But you know, it, it, when when I look, I go through this record, especially with uh, the the deluxe edition that's on Spotify and on streaming. I, there's a lot of tracks on here and there's a lot of tracks. Some are going to be good and some are just going to be like, okay, that's fine. And I think that's kind of why four Souls is number one for me is I feel like other than maybe one or two tracks, they're all just really, really great. So um, yeah, this is one of the easier rankings we've had. (laughs) I'd say, Um, but it was, it was nice to go back and listen through the whole discography. Jake Cole's a good artist. Yeah, definitely. And, but yeah, but potential for the off season and and the fall off to come very exciting just because he hasn't just discussed any interest in retiring at this time. He just doesn't really talk about it, and he reiterated that stance recently. So that's exciting. Because again, he's thirty six. So if he was to slow down and just enter a new stage of his career, no one, I guess, would be surprised given the history of rap music. But it seems like he's still just as popular as and also as energized as ever which is really exciting yeah i think given what we heard with middle child and and the uh the one or two tracks he's already released off of Mm -hmm. um the off season i think we're at least going to be seeing a album that will fall probably somewhere if you're looking at dave's screen you know uh at least at the level of of kod if not you know you'd have to kod and born center so i'm I'm pretty optimistic for this yeah Exciting. So check in next week for that album review at youtube.com slash nostalgia pot. Don't miss out and more rankings to come. So subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. We'll catch you next week. Yeah.